0: Thundergrunt Podcast Network. When I was a kid, my grandma bought a timeshare condo down Ocean City, Maryland. We went every single year for vacation. And when we went, the highlight of my year was going to the Ripley's, believe it or not, on the boardwalk. I got to see strange, bizarre, unusual things, and you all know how much I like strange, bizarre, and unusual things. Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Podcast. So, Joe, where are we today?
1: We are at the Ripley's, believe
0: it or not, in Baltimore, Maryland. That's awesome. We are actually recording at the Ripley's Auditorium today. Mm-hmm. And we have a very special guest for you today. We have Nora, say hi, Nora.
2: Hi, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ripley's.
0: And Nora, uh, uh, tell us why we have you on, uh, on, on the show today.
2: Well, I'm the regional manager of the two attractions in Maryland, both Baltimore and Ocean City.
0: And uh, we had mentioned at the top of the hour with uh, our little anecdote that uh, that was the first Ripley's that I had ever been to.
2: So, was Ocean City?
0: Yeah, was okay. Ocean City because uh, I, you know, went there as a kid and just that was that was it. It was it was awesome and I've just been transfixed ever since with strange, bizarre, weird things, and uh, and I mean obviously it continued because I. Come here fairly regularly, uh, and especially for World Sword Swallowers Day. I was
2: gonna say we're gonna have you back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And uh, so that was that was one of the reasons why we wanted to come up and talk about it, and you know, kind of promote that uh, you know event a little bit. So uh, you know, you've heard me mention on you know numerous yeah. episodes <laughs> yeah. that I'm a sword swallower, uh, and I I learned you know about three years ago I finally got it figured out, and right. I came here for the first time. Uh, and uh, swallowed a f- sword for the pretty much almost the very first, you know, mm-hmm. first time in front of people. Right. Uh, you know, here at this Ripley's.
2: And I think that's when we had just met.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And. Uh, so came the second year, and then this year coming up, and this is going to be, what, February
2: 28th? The 28th, yeah. yeah this um, year. We're changing the hours a little bit. Uh, I, I, have you spoken with Tyler and Jill?
0: I haven't, but I also want to mention that, too, that uh, Tyler Fire and Throw Kill Jill are both going to be here swallowing swords as well as me, and I'm sure they're going to bring like, their whole family, the whole
2: the, yeah, all the <laughs> whole of the entourage. Kids.
0: What, so what is it? It's Hank Lightning. What are the other ones?
2: I... Um, Nash, and um, oh. Hank Nash.
0: They all have like the coolest like middle names. Oh, I feel horrible. Us us sideshow performers give uh, our our our, our kids really cool middle names because my mine is uh, my kid's middle name is Strummer. It's Sammy oh, cool. Strummer. So he's named after uh, Joe Strummer from The Clash. Very cool. So, yeah. My
2: middle name used to be very cool. Really? <laughs> yeah. It, it's ISIS. <laughs> so back in the 70s when I first mm-hmm. got the name, mm-hmm. great conversational starter. Now, you sort no of much. avoid it. I will tell you, my TSA inspection notices in my, my suitcases have uh, increased exponentially. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. But I believe that it's true.
0: Absolutely.
1: So. Well, unless you're a fan of the... Uh, the Ipecac record band Isis.
2: Right. Yeah. Or so. the old 70s cartoon, Almighty Isis. My mother yeah. was a hippie obsessed with Egyptian culture, yeah. so I was nearly named Hatshepsut. I got off lucky with the Isis. <laughs> <Yeah>. Although, <laughs> I fast would say forward so. to yeah. 20, 2013, 2014, a right, little right. less lucky, a little yeah. less lucky. <laughs> Especially with, uh, with an email address that has that in there. So now oh, I'm just no. like, it's Nora, ISIS. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. (laughs) So, uh, so we wanted to talk a little bit about the the auditoriums, obviously, but we wanted to talk about uh, Robert Ripley himself and his life. Robert Leroy.
2: Actually, may I make a correction? Yeah, his name was Leroy Roberts. Years later. Yep, it was. uh, I think it was when he moved to New York because um, he originally started off in, um, when he first hit the big paper was in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, well, now I'm, I'm tangenting, let me backtrack. <laughs> he was born in Santa Rosa, California. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, that's where my family's from. Oh, nice. So I'm out in that area all the time, so I feel like I'm meant to be part right, of the family right. Legacy. <laughs> um, but he was born there, and it was a small little tiny, know-nothing town in the middle of nowhere, so his first big gig was in San Francisco. Mm. When he was relocating to New York, um, that's somebody there, I'm not sure who, said, you know, why don't you get rid of the Leroy and just make it Robert Ripley? So right. Robert was actually his middle name. Oh,
1: see, I found, in, in the research, I found both. Yeah. Where it was like Robert Leroy Ripley and then Leroy Robert And you would, Ripley. yeah. So I was like, Because he did, he did
2: switch him at some point.
1: Right, right, exactly. So he was born December 25th, 1890? 1890.
2: 1890. Yeah. He was actually, there's some... There's some belief that he doctored the date down the line to be a couple of years younger, but that's the oh. date traditionally they go with. I've also heard his birthday was possibly in February. Okay. Um, but December 25th is the, the the 1890 is the official date right, we go one. with.
0: Right. That's yeah. That's really fu- I, people just did that back then because you uh you know couldn't really. Check too much, you know what I mean? Like back then, flub it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I
2: had an old boss who once said to me, I never know why women lie about their age down. Like, instead of telling people, like, Oh, I'm 32, and you would look at me and go, Oh, oh okay, <laughs> I should tell you I'm 45, and you would be like, She looks great. <laughs> right? She looks fantastic. So I, we, I think we lie about our ages backwards.
1: <laughs> right. So he, the list of things this guy did, uh, it, Pretty extensive.
2: Oh, it's amazing! Um, uh,
1: cartoonist, writer, reporter, collector, world traveler, like some radio over, like, star, yeah. TV star, um, handball champion,
2: handball champion. Yeah, <laughs> a lot know? of things. Well, interestingly enough, before Robert Ripley became, he he had two skills as a teenager. As a teenager, one was uh, sports, mm-hmm. and one was cartooning, and he mm-hmm. did both. Um, and he was self-taught. Yeah, 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 yeah. Self-taught entirely. And in both. fact
1: yeah, in Yeah, in both. <laughs> in yeah, both. In both. <laughs> His
2: first cartoon, I want to say he was still living in Santa Rosa. Um, it was picked up by Life Magazine and right. sold for eight dollars, mm-hmm. and it was the village bell is slowly ringing. Um, But the image was actually a a female laundress wringing laundry, so it was kind of like a funny, spoofy sort of title on the cartoon, maybe an early Gary Larson, (laughs) right? and and that became his first cartoon, but it was all just a self-taught doodle that he did, but he was really into sports, so Mm -hmm. when he was first picked up by the company uh, the newspaper in San Francisco. It was actually as a sports columnist and a sports illustrator. That so was he a, would, the
1: Chronicle? The Chronicle, yeah. Chronicle? So
2: he would actually illustrate the um, drawings that would go along with the sports stories. Oh, okay. And then it turned out he was he was considered, quote fingers, a good read. Hmm. So he started writing more and more bylines as well.
1: Nice. And then that's when he, he moved, after that, he moved to New York and then started working for the New York Globe.
2: The Globe, right? And what was significant about that was that was where he was first um, not subsidized. What's the word I'm looking for? Where he was?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. The
2: Associated Press. Yeah. Uh, Syndicated. 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 Yeah. It was the first time he was syndicated, and so even though it was a smaller um, a smaller company than the one he had worked for in San Francisco, it got him from bigger exposure. Mm-hmm. And in fact, his first... he was first in
0: all the little newspapers. All the little, all the little papers yeah, throughout. Yeah.
2: And in fact, his first Believe It or Not cartoon is based on a sports drawing. He had um, there's slow sports periods and right. he didn't really have much to do, so he started drawing um, just weird athletic feats.
0: Yeah, I saw, uh, I, there's actually a, a pretty famous picture of him holding it up. Yeah, Champs well. and Chumps.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. what it, it was, was called. Yeah. yeah. And about a year later, he resurrected it and changed the title to Believe It or Not. Um, and then that's how we got the first Believe It or Not cartoon. Yeah, it was
3: uh,
0: it was someone that was a uh, swim underwater and someone that ran backwards. Holding breath. Yeah, the whole
2: yeah mm-hmm. the the running backwards. Yeah, in fact, for, we actually have a copy of that cartoon here at the museum too. Yeah. Oh,
0: nice.
1: So along with with that, uh, at the time he was at the the Globe, he then tried out for a baseball team in New the York. The
2: Giants. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He tried out for the Giants. He was a semi pro baseball player, but he had I think it was a knee injury. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that took him off the, uh, the sports circuit for forever. But he was always into athletics, and yeah. so you said handball. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually lived at the athletic club in New York for a number of years because he always – he was married mm-hmm. one time to a woman named Beatrice who was a Siegfried Follies girl. Okay. Um, I don't think they were together very long, and they were divorced not too long after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lived the life of a bachelor in an athletic club. Like, that was sort of – what he liked to do, yeah, nice. and um, but yeah, he played handball constantly, and yeah. I think it was was it 1925? He was the world the champion champ, somewhere yeah. around there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, what's also cool about that is I found on a website uh, on archives.org is the Spalding's official handbook guide of 1923, which also he wrote. Oh, get and out! No, I found it. It's a it's a copy of it, and you can Very cool. you can look through it. And it basically, so it not only gives a lot of...
2: A younger, more handsome Robert yeah, I see yeah. in that photo. Yeah,
0: and so it also gives you like a lot of the championships and things like that, but then it also gives you, you know, if you get a little further into the book, some of the techniques for for playing handball. Oh,
2: that's very cool. So,
0: yeah, I found it on archives.org, and I'll post that on the show notes so everybody can take a look.
2: Yeah, Because I know neat. we have a
0: whole bunch of the, the curioso slash... Um, uh, handball players, you know Very, very big. Very yeah. yeah. big on, yeah. Well, so here's
2: another funny thing about Robert Ripley, because he was known for his, for his buck teeth. Mm. He was, uh, I, I'm told, um, Elmer Fudd was based on Robert Ripley. Really? Oh, really? The character uh. Elmer Fudd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't, that's the weird thing, too. He wasn't a particularly handsome man, no offense, Robert Ripley. Um, but he even after the divorce, was always surrounded by women. Yeah,
0: that's
1: one of the well, things the that harem. I... The yeah. harem.
0: He is basically
1: like the the advertisement, the, the most interesting man in the world. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He, yeah. He,
0: it, that
2: is He's him. that guy. That's, yeah.
0: That was the thing that I wanted to mention.
2: That's I just, hilarious.
0: I just remember, like... like at some job that I've had in the distant past that I can't remember, someone told me, if you if you make a priority, you know, if you make everything a priority, you know, nothing's a priority. Right. And, and that's what I kept on thinking in my head as I'm looking up things to talk about for this episode, because literally, everything in his, his life is so interesting, <laughs> I didn't know what to you, pick Where do you start? Yeah. Had, you know what I mean? Because he has, he, there's so much stuff that he he has done that I wish that I could even you yeah. know well, that I, I could just do, wrote this you know? list
2: right here he's the first to broadcast underground the first to broad- broadcast from the sky mm-hmm. while falling from a parachute the first to broadcast underwater and there's a famous photo of a shark going by with the he's got the big helmet on his head yeah. while he's down there um, he was the first to broadcast mid-ocean to half of the United States wow. he was the first to broadcast from Australia to the United States from South America to the United States and from London to every country in the world simultaneously with a handful of um, interpreters wow. and translators who did it. I mean, and that was before he even got into TV. Right. You know? <laughs> you know,
1: that's before he even woke up. Right, right, know? right. Before breakfast. But I mean, it, 201 countries in what, 35 years? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my
2: favorite quotes actually is, I've traveled to 201 mm-hmm. countries and the strangest thing I've seen is man. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's one yeah. of
1: <laughs> those <laughs> best, best quotes. yeah. And just, just thinking uh, of everything he's, he saw and explored, you know, within his, his life. It's just that alone is daunting.
2: Well, think about how long it would take you to get from New York to Singapore. Oh, back, back then, back in the twenties yeah. and thirties. Yeah, you're talking. Yeah, one, it was.
1: It, two, two,
0: was a three much, months. it was a much, much long, longer trip.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would take you. It would take you weeks to months to get to some of those remote locations yeah. and it's amazing that he had the gumption to go through that to get there <sighs> yeah I and could... then he would actually he would write he he if you want to think about it this way he sort of became the world's first blogger
3: yeah you know because yeah. he
2: would write back and submit his stories back to New York for posting and it was called uh, Ripley's ramblings around the world I think mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I mean just where did he go? What did he do? Who did he meet? And of course, these travels around the world is where he eventually got a lot of his material for his cartoons as well.
3: Right, right. You know, At, like with the, the
1: travel journal that he would, he would. Send yeah, like out. the Indian was,
2: shaman who would sit with their arms raised above their heads, you mm-hmm. know, for years, yeah. decades. And, That's yeah. I, some.
0: There's, I mean, there's so many of, of like the Ripley's cartoons that I've just come across that I, I. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I literally can't believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's that that was the thing, is that he would verify every single mm-hmm. thing that he had ever seen. So he yeah. would make sure that it was, you know, completely real. And yeah. that's, that's what I find amazing. And he
2: also liked to play with numbers and stuff. In fact, the first, the cartoon where he took the international stage was the Lindbergh cartoon. Yes. That was the one where he, he you know, Lindbergh was doing the first solo mission across you know the the Atlantic, and he said, "Well, actually, Lindbergh's the sixty seventh person <laughs> yeah. right. to have done mm-hmm. this trip, and it, it caused <laughs> you're unpatriotic, you're yeah, un-American." Got, he got huge. like
1: thousands and thousands of like right? letters of people just you know accosting him Angry. for being a jerk.
2: The key word is solo. Yeah. There had been a dirigible that had crossed twice with and it over had, like, thirty men. Thirty in each, people. Yeah, and so the the solo was the key word. So it's it's funny every once in a while and. Because not everybody understands what a Ripley's is. So as a right. manager of a Ripley's, I, I come across that a lot. We don't have a TV show um, which is telling you, believe it or not, yeah, not means... Right, not right now.
1: There used to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. not
2: currently, right. Yeah. But, um, you know, so older people, you know, you know my era, they, they remember that. Maybe not the kids so much. But mm. the whole point of the show is, believe it or not, it's real. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. real. And so every once in a while, people get confused. So the museums are actually filled with real artifacts, real artwork right. from around the world. And I think people get confused by that, but Robert Ripley's entire point was he might put something a little bombastically, mm-hmm. he might say it in an inflammatory manner to get the response, right. but it was 100% researched yeah. and backed up. Mm-hmm. Um, his name, uh, let me, I hope I'm not saying it, Pearl Roth. He had an his assistant. researcher. Yeah. 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 Um, who what, had a photographic memory mm-hmm. um, and was genius. Was They said he went to the New York library from, like, open until, like, some days yeah, after they, 11. Uh, he, and...
0: would, he would skip lunch. Yeah, he, he would, was obsessed yeah. with these and facts. And then they, they and... would have to kick him out of the library. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But, yeah, no, it was all heavily researched. And the whole point was it is, it is real. And I feel like somehow... Because people, will, they'll even say to me, oh, so the museum, it's a bunch of fake stuff. And I'm like, well, how do you use that expression, believe it or not? Right. Yeah. You never say to a friend, believe it or not, when you're describing something fake. You're saying it's so unbelievable, you couldn't possibly believe it. Right. But it's true, so. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's like uh, the, the, the one I found, um, 1929, Uh, Ripley called out the fact that America at the time did not have a national anthem
2: my most favorite cartoon it's actually the one that's at the bottom of all my emails oh is it yep (laughs) that's the that's the one tagline I have
1: and then in what uh, by 1931 president hoover actually signed the law
2: well so yeah what had happened was and again this was another thing where robert puts out uh robert ripley puts out a cartoon that says the united states has no national anthem we yeah. had unofficially adopted the star spangled banner right and by the way you know baltimore our our new that's, theme yeah, that we're was. working on is the birthplace of the star spangled banner right. um another reason why that's the cartoon i have at the bottom of my email signature mm-hmm. is just to point that out to people i love it when <laughs> they ask um but there were over and his response to that was well don't don't talk don't write to me, write to your congressman. Right. It's not, right. I'm it's I not my it. fault. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> it's not my fault. They had over five million letters written yeah, in. That's, which is well, that's crazy. <laughs> he was he was what year was it? I have to double check the year, but at one point he was voted the most famous man in America. Mm-hmm. He beat out you Know Jack Dempsey and President Roosevelt, and right. like he was during James the, Cagney, James oh, yeah. G- yeah Cagney. Right. Well, and during the Great Depression, when the entire world was falling apart, mm. that's where he amassed oh, yeah, most of his wealth,
3: yeah.
2: Um, and I want to say that he was on average getting, I think, 3,000 letters a day. Now, a that's day. another funny story yeah. is the postal service
3: mm-hmm.
2: because people would always like to write to Ripley, but they would like to be very clever about it, mm-hmm. so they would write, Rip in morris code right or they would um just tear an envelope so mm-hmm. that you could see it was a rip so that you knew it went to robert ripley and finally the uh, the u.s postal service had to put out a notice to all the newspapers <laughs> that said look we're not puzzlers Stop we're no that. longer <laughs> going to be doing this right. so in
3: 1933
1: the first auditorium opened in chicago in Sh- yep chicago
2: right? we actually have a piece here um in our egyptian room we have a sarcophagus that was bought by Robert Ripley in Egypt and was at the Chicago World Fair. Wow. Was at his first auditorium.
1: So how many how many auditoriums are there right now?
2: Thirty
1: two. Thirty two? Yeah. Okay. Now the The company that I guess owns all of it is Ripley Entertainment, but that's owned by
2: the Jim Pattison Group,
1: and that's a Canadian. That's a
2: Canadian company. company. Yeah, they're the second wealthiest private business in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, eh? and they right, (laughs) eh? and they um they also operate grocery stores and canneries and billboard companies and car leasing. Um, they're well, absolutely it massive. It sounds like
0: they have their fingers in a lot of pies, just like, uh, just Robert,
2: like Robert himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And then right now, our headquarters is based out of Orlando. Oh,
1: okay. But that 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 includes aquariums, haunted adventures, mini golf, arcades, movie theaters, sightseeing trains, uh, wax museums, and also the Guinness World Records attractions. Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: That's just... It, you know just the the complexity and range with just the facilities right you know it's just amazing
2: yeah it's all sorts and i and the thing that's neat about working for this company is that they're always looking for new ideas new concepts you know and it's so it's neat to be part of that
0: so how many have you actually been to yourself
2: oh gosh i've been to i want to say six or seven i've been to um, Orlando, Gatlinburg, San Francisco, Hollywood, obviously Maryland, mm-hmm. um, both the Baltimore and the Ocean City. I've been to Times Square. Have not gotten to Atlantic City, but I have been to Williamsburg, so Atlantic mm-hmm. City's on my list this year, and Myrtle Beach is on my list mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Those are my two. Atlantic City and, and Myrtle Beach I'm going to try to get to. I, uh,
0: I've also been, I've been to the one in, um, in Niagara Falls as well.
2: Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah. My wife and I went to our, our uh, wedding anniversary, went to Niagara oh, Falls. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, we, we got oh, to
2: go to that I, one. Oh, I, I, I'm also going to be in May. Um, my husband and I are flying out to England, so I'll be going to the London one. Oh, and great. Piccadilly yeah. Circle, too, which I'm really excited. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they've got a great manager out there who I really enjoy. And, mm-hmm. Although, she did take my, my jeweled Mini Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> like where that it went. It over, Yeah, that's where it <laughs> went. If you notice, it's where no longer yeah. in my lobby. It was shipped back to England, um, although... Uh, she's doing great things with it, so I can't begrudge her, but well, we got good. the wooden car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's one, one thing I want to ask you. Like, I know a lot of the exhibits and pieces are a mainstay, mm-hmm. you know, um, but how often uh, do they rotate?
2: You know, it's something that's something we talk about a lot is um, having like traveling galleries that mm-hmm. we can all switch out more regularly. So that's something the company's working on. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, when there's a renovation, so every couple of years we'll run out a gallery and just completely switch it out and make it brand new. Okay. Um, but Ripley's now has a traveling science show that's actually going around to science museums. Oh, nice. Um, which is really cool, called Science with Science North. And um, one of the things, too, did you guys see the Willard Wigan piece? Pieces. It's the microscopic artwork.
0: Oh, Oh, I think so, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: On the head of a pin and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's probably one of my, I've got a handful of things I'll tell you are my favorite, that Mm -hmm. being one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're doing, I think, a traveling, possibly a traveling show with those pieces, which I would love. Um, And another thing that travels, this is a funny story, because we might, we've got our fingers crossed, we may be getting them in the spring are fertility statues, Oh wow! and we have some fertility statues that have been in Orlando for quite some uh, quite some time that people, I, I forgot the number, but I think thousands of people have attributed those statues to their pregnancies, oh, nice. to the point that the Orlando location would actually have, people would send their underwear. And ask, yeah, <laughs> and ask for a photo to be taken of their underwear getting rubbed on the statue, wow. and then shipped back. Wow. <laughs> so there is a small chance we may be getting those.
3: I like to give bold. them, and
2: forgive my pun, a wide berth. When yeah. I right, right. Let's hope someone
1: wipes down the statues afterwards.
2: <laughs> but that's how funny, I mean, people really, that's crazy. really believe in that stuff. You know, in every Ripley's, I feel like everybody I've talked to has a, like a ghost story.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, what is, at least here in this this one, um, uh, one of the most you know, controversial exhibits or the one that people really seem to be drawn to?
2: I don't know about controversial. It, well, I think that the shrunken heads
1: Oh, we. yeah, Yeah,
2: they're a hit or miss with <laughs> yeah. some people. Because yeah. I think some people, either they think that they're completely fake right. and dismiss them entirely, mm-hmm. or they're so incredibly freaked out by them.
3: Right.
2: Um, I, so those are the ones that I think people respond to mm-hmm. the hardest. Um, and I,
0: it's, I think it's like kind of a trope, too, you know what I mean? Like you had the Shrunken Head guy in Beetlejuice,
2: <coughs> right?
0: You know what I mean? It's just one of those things that you know, that, like out of anything that they see here, that's one of the things that they kind of know from pop culture, right? You know right. what I mean already. Right. Right. And then to see it for real and go, oh, that's based on a real thing. Yeah, I think that really kind of maybe freaks them out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, well, and really... it's
2: also the you know it's illegal to buy or sell human. Parts, and I I guess Ripley's has maybe been grandfathered in the shrunken head for so long. Um, well, you know, and it's also like we also have like mummies' hands. I have here Mm -hmm. a child's skull, which is over 3,000 years old, Mm -hmm. um, from Egypt, and a mummified hand that has a scarab ring on it. So they think it might have been, um, some sort of nobility or royalty, possibly. Um, so there's there's that stuff. I think that stuff kind of disturbs people, antiquity.
1: So people kind of like. Brush that off, but actual like the the process of shrinking a human head, real human tissue, Mm -hmm. it's a bit gruesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, compared
1: to embalming somebody.
2: As I remind my husband, I do know how to do it. Right,
1: right. (laughs) Well, I I still remember. What was it? Last year, Mm -hmm. Um, you guys had a booth at the shindig. Yeah, and and had uh, had a couple of shrunken heads. Shrunken heads. (laughs) That was like one of our our uh, crowning moments for me and Chris was being able to. Uh, handle the shrunken heads. Yeah, That was
2: amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because I think some people also think of it as disrespectful because it's a human head in a box. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. and they take a very hard line with that too. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Although I will say I've you know not to the point that I've had people come out and like storm out or anything, right, but it is right. but it is something that occasionally I'll get asked about.
3: Right.
2: Um, one of the pieces that I think has a little bit of a haunt to it besides the child skull that's one that I've identified. Um, the other is it's a human or Tibetan human bone rugen, which was worn by shaman while they were exercising demons. Oh, wow. And it's a really creepy piece carved out of human bone, and, and it was worn as an ornamental dress figure over over the shoulders and the chest area. And uh, so I always kind of have a feeling that one...
1: May have something attached. Has a little something-something attached, something little it something
2: something <laughs> attached <laughs> right, to right. it, yeah. Uh, I think the Australia location actually did a paranormal investigation. Oh, really? Um, and they said, I don't want to talk out of turn because I don't want to tell her story improperly, but I think mm. what she said is that they had video recording mm. and audio recording in this one room. And mm. they said that the video recording didn't pick up anything, but the audio recording picked up almost like a, a roar or a growl oh, wow. in the background. But the video recording that was happening at the exact same time, didn't same place, anything. didn't catch Nothing. any of it. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's really neat. Huh. That's now, one I, thing that we definitely have to do eventually is, is, uh, is some... Maybe some paranormal, like get some paranormal ghost. Oh my hunters. gosh! Maryland is yeah. ripe with it. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, we definitely need to talk actually. To I don't
2: that. know if this would still be available, but um, a publisher where I used to work for a magazine, his parents owned the most northern. I want to say it was in Maryland or maybe PA. It was the northernmost. Confederate-owned home, I think. Oh, really? Something. Oh. Like, anyway, but he he's told some pretty amazing ghost stories, mm-hmm. and apparently he said it's it's carried on because he saw things as a kid, and now kids because he's in his forties, mm-hmm. so now the kids are seeing stuff. So oh wow, that could be a good, yeah. good place to start. Let yeah, me
0: that would be cool. Pick a spot, a town in and around Maryland.
2: You'll Anywhere. Probably yeah. Well, stories. yeah, we
0: are like some of the we have some of the oldest stuff, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. in the in the country, you know, mm-hmm. over here. So.
2: Just go on the Blair Witch Trail path. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. yeah. we were there. Yeah, we, we were there. We, yeah,
0: we have a video for that.
3: Actually, <laughs> right. we we'll yes. have to show that to you. <laughs>
2: was there crying and close up of yeah. the close. camera? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. was close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
0: So I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about um, about the peanuts and Charles Schultz.
2: An early, an early uh, connection there. Yeah, um, Charles Schultz had a. Beagle named Spike,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: Spike was able to eat like pins and racers and all sorts of things. <laughs> and he wrote this into Robert Ripley, who actually published a cartoon about C. Schultz's dog named Spike. And of course, Spike was later the um, prototype for Snoopy. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, it was a really neat connection. Yeah,
0: so it's basically the the oldest Snoopy ever ever. Yeah, published, ever probably. ever was a Ripley, yeah. believe it or not, yeah. cartoon. Right, and the poor dog had pica. <laughs> yeah, I, know, right? I think most dogs do that. But he will, yeah. Yeah, they'd have a thing where they just eat whatever they want and then
2: vomit it all out. Oh, I'm there. amazed! My <laughs> puppy is still alive. Just, yeah. the, I was <laughs> like, the good, you don't have the good sense to not eat some of the stuff. But yeah, no. Robert so Ripley. Great. Speaking of cartoons, he was the very first person inducted into the Cartoon Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. um, and he was the first cartoonist to break a million. Yeah. And in fact, actually, so going back a little bit to his career, while he was working, I think for the Globe in mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon and Schuster, who were book publishers, I think they did crossword puzzles at the time, yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I read that, yeah. Yeah, they, um, they contacted Ripley and thought, well, you know what? At first, I think he wasn't so into the idea of a book, but later thought, well, you know what? I've got all these extra things I can use to, to put in. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly enough, by the way, uh, to this day, Simon and Schuster is the publisher for our annual oh, really? books that come out. Nice. So, you know, Ripley's is almost 100 years old. So <laughs> yeah, we're right, staying right. firm with them. So. Hurst William Hurst. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess when the book came out, said hire Ripley. Just yeah. send a telegram, hire Ripley. Yeah, I saw for a hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, back in the nineteen thirties. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. wild.
0: That well, that was the, one of the things too. Is that um, I'm
2: not making that in the twenty fourteen. Yeah. I, know. I know.
0: That's why he was able to buy his own private little island.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? Oh well, which is interesting. They call it. Um, a lot of people don't know this because it's inside jargon. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he. Bought this place north of New York, just off of Long Island. Yep. The island was $85,000. That's what he mm-hmm. purchased it for, and he called it Bayon Island. Mm-hmm. And Bayon stands for Believe It or Not.
3: Yeah. Yep. So yep.
2: you'll hear, like, if you know somebody from Ripley's, we will be like, well, how's the Bayon doing today? Oh, great, great. Are you going to put that in for the Bayon? So it's like one of our little internal lingo things, <laughs> <And> but that's <laughs> what he actually named his island. That's awesome. And he had um, a ship, the Monlay. Yeah. It was a junk, yeah, yeah that he would mm-hmm. sail Chinese up and down. Chinese ship, yeah. Yep. Up and down. So,
0: I, I also heard something about him taking some of his, uh, yeah, around the, the moat that he would take some of the old canoes and things like that that he had that were like Eskimo skinned, you know oh, really? what I mean? Canoes and he would like, he, yeah, he would like go around the moat in them. Oh, that's like that. cool. I yeah. hadn't heard that. That's yeah. awesome.
2: He had a one eyed dog named Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's one of my favorites. very fitting. Yeah. yeah. I remember
0: that cartoon from, yeah, from going through here. Mm-hmm. So, um, I also wanted to mention that he made his fortune. Basically during the depression. Yep. Which is that's that's a feat in itself. That yeah. alone is remarkable. So,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well so I was gonna say his um his death. Do you guys know the the story about his death? What happened? Well,
0: I, I knew I know he was uh he was actually doing a another shoot, right, for the T- his, for the TV his show. brand
2: new T V show. Yeah. Was he a, was on uh, episode an, an, an thirteen. Episode.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He was oh, on wow.
2: episode thirteen and he was in the middle of uh, discussing taps the the, yes the the military funeral yeah march taps and he had a heart attack he didn't actually die till a few years later but i mean in in in, in, as he lived as he died you know right, it's like right. on episode 13 talking about taps you have a heart attack <laughs> right. it's a little that's a little, a little weird yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe uh,
0: he should have just skipped it and went to 14 like hotels do just right yeah now. exactly there's no 13 floor exactly
2: well we do have in our museum as well I don't know if you guys have seen it but we have um, Ripley liked to draw his cartoons well, you know his he really had a very strong appreciation for the Asian cultures in general Yeah. yeah that was that where was, his heart seemed to lie yeah. um, so he actually has it's like a kimono no, that he would wear and that's what he would and we have it here at this museum if you haven't oh, seen it okay. but it was the robe that he very often wore while he was drawing his cartoons yeah yes. now we've,
0: we've gone through before on on World Sword Swallowers Day mm-hmm. when we've kind of walked through mm. but uh, we haven't been here in almost a year so yeah, we're, g- a year. we're definitely going to have to you know go back through again yeah you're and, always and, and talking and refresh yeah, uh, you know, as we leave. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll probably get uh, a few shots for a companion video as well. Oh, we're up. gonna have to do yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. I have the uh, I have the video recorder. Yes. So we'll do it. I have my have my VHS <laughs> all ready for that. Right. Too.
2: Hey, we had uh, the first year that we were open. Um, one of the staff was on World Star Hip Hop, and found uh, this guy Chapa City. He he's a he was a rapper who was on the P Diddy show making the band. Uh-huh. Okay. If you remember it was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Apparently came in one night and said, "Hey, can we take video?" And we we're like, "Yeah." He was in and out and under like an hour. I don't even think he was here that long. But if you look up Hip Hop World Star Chopper Nash and Ripley's, there's an entire video oh, wow. filmed oh. in the Ripley's Museum. That's <laughs> a whole <crazy>. music video. <laughs> that is
1: so cool. We'll have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my, I think my favorite part that I still remember is the, is it this little kid tunnel?
2: There is a tunnel, yeah. It looks like a subway. Yeah. And there's there's exhibits down there. Yeah, Nobody yeah. goes to look down there. I did. There. Yeah.
1: And I go in there one time, and there's like this little boy, and he's like playing with a light or something. And I'm, you know, I'm six foot something, whatever. And I'm like, hey.
2: And he's looking at me like, what are you doing in here, old man? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you've ruined it. <laughs> right, right. You've ruined the illusion. Thank you. No, I love that crawl tunnel, and I, yeah, nobody goes through it, but yeah, it's designed to look like um, like, a, yeah, like a subway, a subway yeah. you know, as you go through. It's so
1: cool. You have to get in there, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Did you bring, <laughs> the, did you bring the crowbar to get me back out? <laughs> the, the jar of Vaseline. Yeah. One will push,
2: one will pull. <laughs> You'll be mm-hmm. fine. What's going on, everybody? This is Joe from the band Pasadena, and you're listening to the Curioso Podcast.
1: So one thing I've noticed that all of the auditoriums seem to have i guess a, a mascot,
2: well, okay, outfit. sure
1: like I've seen one with like a dinosaur and and here in right Baltimore. Hollywood
2: has the dinosaur right. um yeah we they definitely the the one thing with Ripley's is you're gonna have a hell of a facade somewhere,
3: yeah, yeah, um,
2: and that is something that they work on now there's a couple of locations like I think Key West uh' it's in a historical district, mm-hmm. you know, so they can't be quite as. As crazy. So there right. are a couple of locations that, that can't. But, yeah, ours is uh, in Baltimore. It's Chessie. Right. The, uh, mm-hmm. the Our version of the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. The Chesapeake yeah. Bay's Loch Ness Monster, which, of course, is not real. So I'm sure that doesn't <laughs> confuse guests <laughs> right. at all. Right, exactly. Everything here is real except for, you know, the what we're based on. The entire front of the building. <laughs> um, well, and I have this idea. So Ocean City is the shark coming yeah. out of yeah. the building. And, mm-hmm. and I also remember being a little kid going through Ocean City. Now, I have... An unnatural fear of sharks. Yeah. So my thing with is the Ripley's scary, building, it's a scary sc- yeah, gigantic scary shark.
1: shark. But they're not gonna walk down the street, you know, and like steal your purse. You know what right. I mean? Right. You know what I like, mean?
2: They're less scary than yeah. Okay.
1: On land, not so scary. Land well, sharks. Land, yeah. sh- <laughs> land sharks. Shark. Shark. <laughs> <Land>
2: shark.
1: <laughs> we all know it. Yeah.
2: That's great. <laughs> of a certain age. Right. Of a certain age. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I have this idea. I want to do like a Marilyn tie-in, and I haven't. quite, why gotten my head around it, it- it's sort of like a Godzilla versus Mothra Chessie oh, yeah. versus the shark yeah, I feel like yeah. there's something there, there that I haven't there's something that you can do yeah, well when you get it, it out. figured
0: out uh, and you get someone to draw it I want it tattooed on me oh It'd that's be, awesome that <laughs> sounds really really fun yeah. it would be yeah. like Archituthus in the blue whale
1: right, you know? right. Okay. Yeah. same <laughs> kind of thing you yeah. know
2: maybe coming out of the state of Maryland you know? right. one yeah. coming out from the bayside. one coming out from the yeah, like ocean giant, side yeah like a giant strangling
1: ocean city oh actually
2: really funny ocean city story so I have a friend of mine who is a location scout, so for mm. the film industry. Mm-hmm. And they did a movie. Did you happen to hear of a movie um, called Ping Pong Summer? This is a tangent, by the way. It just sounds familiar.
0: But okay, I don't know if look it I ever up, because it, yeah. was,
2: it was filmed, I think it came out last year Susan Sarandon, uh, Leah Thompson, a couple others, but it was filmed in Ocean City and, and it was set in the 1980s. And in hmm. fact, the tagline is it's like Karate Kid but with hip-hop and ping-pong. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but he said what was so brilliant about Ocean City is he said it was set in the 1980s and they had to do nothing. Like, no oh, yeah. set dressing needed, I, nothing. Yeah. It was nothing, like... Yeah, nothing, yeah. So that actually changed some of my thinking about marketing for the Ocean City location and we're kind of going with, like, a bright 1980s nostalgic retro feel for that market because yeah. there really is that nostalgia and yeah. as a city it has not. Yeah,
0: and you have, you know, just up the road you have, or just up the boardwalk you have you know the haunted house and things like yeah. that that yeah. are some Which my is literally, stuff yeah, that have that really bright neon. You mm-hmm. know, stuff, which is to me, I, I think that haunted house synonymous. has not
2: changed since it, the early it, '80s. No, they've I'm no, pretty it, sure they've, they've added,
1: added a few attractions a few, inside of it. A <laughs> few, it. Yeah. A few. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe like a whole one lot. or two. You know, I, and then put a coat of paint on some. Yeah, things. my favorite is the giant the giant
0: mouse that goes.
2: At
3: you, <laughs> All right? That's, that's <laughs> my favorite. in the but inside, you
0: hear, you hear the gears.
1: And yeah, the grunt, yeah.
3: You
2: know, oh, yeah. If you ever get a chance, okay. So Gatlinburg, Tennessee, I like to call it the home that Ripley's built because mm-hmm. they've got everything that Ripley's operates. They have. They have oh, the. Wow. Um, the Ripley's Aquariums of the, Sm- of the Smoky Mountains, they mm-hmm. have the Bayon, they have the Mirror Maze, the 4D Theater, the Candy Store, they have a haunted house, which is awesome. Um, That's what
0: I'm excited about. Yeah, you I would love I'd, that. Would, yeah, you yeah.
2: would love the haunted house, for sure. And, um, and, and I, I was given a pass while I was there to check out a couple other attractions. Now, I cannot recommend this high enough and... And I hope they, they, they never happen again. There is an attraction there, not Ripley's Connected, called Earthquake. Mm-hmm. What you just described with the mouse, yeah. make it a gorilla, and uh-huh. it's exactly that experience. So you basically get into this little cart, and it like just kind of goes a little forward, a little back, a little forward, a little back. And then it's like, and the one arm comes out slowly. Aah. And it was yeah. it was so bad that I cannot wait to ride it the next time. It's just it's so bad everybody needs to see it. And right, then yeah, right. There's this other um, and and I don't mean to make fun of because they they are really so sweet. But it's um, World of Illusions, which is another museum in Gatlinburg, and mm. it's it's like basically like okay, you know that like hide and nickel like um, magic trick. Oh yeah, you know, yeah that's yeah. kind of. It's basically the explanation of all these little like dime store magic tricks mm. as you go through and it, I mean, that's literally <laughs> it. That's the woman was so sweet when I went in. She's like, okay, take your time, honey, and I was like, I can't even stall any longer. Like I just threw it in ten minutes. Snuck out the back so she didn't see me. I felt bad, but um, I definitely recommend taking a trip down there. It's fun, and then you can see all the Ripley's products all at once. Yeah, oh, that's really that'll
1: be a a vacation. Yeah, it's fun. Well,
2: you know, I actually described it the first time I went there because it's really it's right at the northern end of the Smoky Mountains, Mm -hmm. um, right outside of Pigeon Forge, Mm -hmm. and I said to somebody the first time that's actually where they sent me to train. Oh wow! So I spent a week there, um, just walking up and down the little town, and and I, I said to my husband, I said it was amazing. It was like Ocean City, which is what I know growing yeah, up, yeah. but in the mountains. There's oh, that's, funnel that's cool. cake. Yeah. There's And then the thing that it's still my favorite thing that I, I haven't quite gotten my head around, is that they had um, multiple shops that sold both. And it, it's not that I found the sale of either one unusual. It was the sale of both in one location that really grabbed me. Weapons and paraphernalia. Huh. I was like, I don't know if you should sell both at the same time. Let me get right. this pipe and some brass knuckles going out on the town. Well, but,
1: it is, you know. And it's got all the
2: pancake shops you could ever oh, ask yeah. for. No, you would, you guys would love it. It's totally worth a road trip. I want to say it takes me about 10 hours to drive down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Totally worth a trip down there. Not a day sense.
0: trip, but definitely a, no, no, a, no, maybe like a long weekend. No, 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 like a weekend, long
2: yeah. weekend. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of fun. And then you get to check out the haunted house. And if you go down there, let me know, too. I might be able to.
3: <laughs> All right. Chat with people. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the first permanent Ripleys was in St. Augustine in 1950.
0: Because the one in um, the one that happened in Chicago that was at the World's Fair.
2: That was the Chicago, so, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the World's Fair. So and then he did something in mobile. Times Square mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but his first permanent. Um, auditorium was actually opened after his death was in St. Augustine Florida right. which still operates to this day. Wow. Um, you mentioned the red train t- tours earlier that's actually where mm-hmm. the red train tours and they do really neat things too. They do, um, well one thing that the general manager of that market created which I thought was really great is you know so where does Ripley's fit in a modern world?
3: Right. Um,
2: anti-bullying.
3: Oh wow. Because yeah.
2: Ripley's is focused on the odd, the unusual. So she yeah. came up with a campaign called Odd is in, mm-hmm. which I really love. That's and, very cool. And we've yeah. actually created a program we take to schools or we have schools come here nice. and teach them how to be inclusive instead of exclusive mm-hmm. and like reverse musical chairs, things like that. Like you start off everybody sitting on each other's lap and each time you <laughs> go around there's another chair added. So it's right, like all right. about accommodating everybody. And um but they also do um like they do movies they'll show movies because they've got such a lot of, they've got so much land right mm-hmm. um, so they'll actually do community movies which I wow. thought was neat like, that's right that's pretty cool, cool. yeah, yeah that
0: that is I guess that's why uh, you know Ripley spoke to me as a child because you know everybody is so everybody's just so different you yeah. know what I mean and mm-hmm. and and to see you know and not just you know personally here in America but around the world culture to culture uh, you know and and you get to see uh, you know that. through through Ripley's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I grew up moving around all the
1: time in a military family. So different cultures, different places, that's just what I grew up with. Yeah. So when I started to live the life that I have, you know, growing up with, um, you know, the music tastes and and food cultures and things that I I liked – Ripley's kind of just fit in there. Right. You know, and it just made sense because it's like, yeah, you should be exposed to different cultures and different things. What
2: is it? It was Mark Twain has a quote which I'm going to butcher it and I can't. You <laughs> might be able to double check it while you're here, but it's um traveling is
0: travel is fa- fatal to prejudice, bigotry and narrow-mindedness and narrow-mindedness and may <clears throat> and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, but, but that's what we say, traveling yeah. the world, all of a sudden you realize, like, I mean, for me, it was living on the international floor in college. Mm-hmm. you know, And I realized it didn't matter, you know, because I had friends who were Indian and some were, who were Pakistani, and they said, back home we would never be friends. Right. But here, you know, and at the end of the day, what did they want to do? They wanted to meet a girl and they wanted to drink. Like, yeah, we still, all had the yeah. same... Still
3: people,
1: <laughs> you know? And it doesn't matter <laughs> if, if you like shrinking heads or, you know, making giant murals out of shotgun shells
0: like the, uh, the American flag. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's you know? some of my favorite stuff, too, is just the the artwork that is made out of unusual oh, things. Oh, that's, that's, absolutely
2: that's, blows my mind. Like, yeah. there's one piece, like, I crochet. I mean, mm-hmm. not well. It has to be a square, so I can yeah. make you anything from a potholder to a blanket. <laughs> as long as it's square, I got it. Um, but we have a piece in our warehouse. It's, the, um, it's called Optical Illusion Knitting. And if you look at this piece from the far left or the far right, it's Hagrid from Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it dead on, it's just stripes. Oh, wow. How does somebody figure that out? (laughs) I mean, we have (laughs) another piece. We have, it's uh, it's called Shadow Art. Mm -hmm. So when the light source is hitting it from the right-hand side, it's Kermit the Frog. You hit a button which cuts out the light from the right-hand side, brings up the light on the left. Uh And it's Miss Piggy.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
2: And it's all (laughs) based on how... They they created these little. You'd have to you can look up really close to see it, but how they've raised these pieces so that when the light hits it, it casts a shadow. The little ridges right. and things. Yeah, like that. I mean yeah. it's just. But who sat and figured that out? And wow. There are so many things in here. I feel that way about. We have uh, Michelangelo love, like, the, the out the of Dryerland. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the penny portraits. <laughs> yes. Where people have you know the the different pennies create the different shades. Those are some of my right. favorites. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, and then going back, so we mentioned him earlier was Willard Wigan, who is an artist out of Birmingham, England, and he. Created, so he creates microscopic pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is so fascinating. Because first of all, in order to do his, his work, I think it said on average they take him about three months. The wow. first person who bought his artwork was um, Elton John. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Ripley's now owns just under 100 pieces of his. Wow. And it's on the heads of nails inside the eye of a needle. Like the piece we have here it's there's that biblical passage it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven mm-hmm. so willard wigan put a camel inside the eye of a needle and then three <laughs> then five then seven and now we have nine wow. and so when he does his artwork he actually slows himself down like puts himself into like a trance-like state slows down his breathing because he'll only make incisions to his artwork in between heartbeats oh, wow. because it's so minor what he's it's, doing that his heartbeat Oh yeah, impact what he's doing, and he only works in the middle of the night because the vibration of the traffic going by can also impact his work. So, From my understanding, he's only lost I think I want to say like three pieces that he's inhaled or dropped on the carpet and been unable to find again. (laughs) Inhaled, yeah. But I was talking to the vice president of exhibits one day, and we're talking because I'm just so fascinated by this guy. And and by the way, the story of how he got started was he he saw an ant in the kitchen, and his mother said, oh, you should make a house for it. So I made a house, and then he's like, look, Mom, I made the house. She's like, We well, should make the furniture. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of got him on his path down, but um, Edward Meyer, who's the vice president of exhibits for Ripley Entertainment, said that one day he's talking to Wigan, and out of nowhere, he just reaches up into what appears nothingness in the, in the air, and pulls what can only be described as, as a piece of dust particle that he's seen floating by, and said, oh, that's exactly the piece I was looking for. Like that's just this guy is like he's just so wild. How do you do that? I don't right. I don't understand.
3: Wow. But, but so I
2: mean I will say that something that I think is so great about Ripley's is just the inspiration. Yeah. You know, as an yeah. artist, yeah. What other people have done.
1: Yeah, just all the <coughs> all the different cultures and art forms and it's just one of the greatest collections of things around the world in these in these auditoriums.
2: Yeah, and actually some pieces that Robert Ripley himself collected. Yeah. That's another question I get, but we have we have several pieces that were hand-collected by him.
0: That's awesome. And uh, we also wanted to mention the brand-new book that just came out, A Curious Man.
2: Oh, thank you. The biography. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oddly, there has not been a, a modern-day, recent book written on Ripley. And just last year, uh, Neil Thompson came out with A Curious Man, which, nice. if you are interested about Ripley, I mean, and we've only scratched the surface, Yeah. it's all there. It's totally interesting. Um, but there's also... A PBS special
3: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
2: that was just recently aired, to yeah. an hour documentary about his life, which was great. Prior to that, I think the last book written about him was somewhere in the 1950s called "The Modern Day Marco Polo." Yeah, yeah, yeah which that I've one. read. Yeah, yeah, so this is the first time they've come out with like a definitive crazy. Yeah. autobiography that about long. one of the most interesting men in the world. And, <laughs> right. You know, and that's something we talk about as a company is, you know, how many people remember who Robert Ripley is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. trying to keep him alive.
0: He definitely deserves to uh, to to have a, a mention, you know, just uh, like uh, everything that he's created mm. and just brought to light and, and, and done. I, I just, like I said at, at the very beginning, you know, finding, you know, rare gems was hard because he's done so much, everything seemed like a gem to me. Yeah. yeah. So I really didn't find anything that I was like, meh.
3: Oh, that's
0: not that interesting. <laughs> right, but all, like I, all of it is. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find like oh, one so thing crazy. that was not you know, artistic or, or beautiful in some way mm. or fashion.
2: Well, yeah. I'm going to donate a copy of the book to the show so you guys can read it down the line awesome. when you have Thank a moment. You. That is yeah. awesome.
0: Joe and I will have to rock, paper, scissors for who gets it first. Right. No, it'll, so. be, it'll be like sharing a kid. I'll oh, get them every yeah. other day. Okay. You know, Wait, you I finished chapter days. one, it's your turn. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we'll be on the same page. Right. And holidays so. will be a free for all. And yeah. then in a
2: year we'll we'll reconvene with <laughs> right. uh, Ripley part two.
0: <laughs> right. Sounds good. Awesome. All right, so Joe, I don't know about you, but I'm about ready to uh, go inside and take a look at some stuff. Me too. You ready? Yeah. thank you for coming. Right. Thank you, thank Nora. You, Nora. Thank we really you appreciate so much. you coming yeah, on anytime to the Curio, so absolutely. So, uh, and, um, yeah, I just, uh, it's really good to be hanging out with you again, and we'll be seeing you at the end of the month.
2: At the twenty. So, yeah. we're going to be doing that.
0: So, make sure, Curiosos, that you come out to the Baltimore Ripley's, believe it or not, for the uh, Sword Swallowing Day if you want to see me. And uh, if you don't want to see me, you should just come to any Ripley's anywhere because they're probably going to have a World Sword Swallowers Day mm-hmm. event happening outside. So, uh, check your uh, local listings for that. Yeah. Okay. So All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. For listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos. YouTube.com backslash Curioso Podcasts. You can call our voicemail line. Leave us a message 443 327 9673 On your touchstone phone, that spells Hide a Sword. On the Curioso.com website, on the left-hand side, you can help support the show by clicking on our Amazon link. And if you're a real curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. If you'd like to check out some of our sister podcasts, check out thundergrunt.com. Shut up, shut up. Save it for the cast. (laughs) No more. No more, no more. We can't talk about it.